G'day Aussie NFL fans, welcome back to G'day Gridiron. We're in the fourth week of our best team draft and we've been having a lot of fun the last few weeks, the last few rounds. It's been an excellent little process so far, great little idea that's turned into quite a lot of fun. Of course, Manjot and Brad are here as always. Been a been a pretty good little process, hasn't it Manjot? I've really enjoyed it. I've actually really looked back at my teams and been proud of it. I'm actually proud of my teams, I'll proud. be honest right there. <laughs> yeah, a special I mean, little moment with your team, Manjot. Yeah, me, me and my team, you know, owning my own NFL team right now. Uh, I, I don't want to know about Manjot's special little moments. Thank you. Manjot's <laughs> special little team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that nah, this has gone anywhere, but you know, obviously they're going to be called the patient performers, are we right? And oh. speaking of that, you know, I've got, I've got my new pastry press merch on today, as you guys will probably see on pastry press. Yes, you are, week. in fact, wearing yourself on yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> who's this egotistic? It's a very, maniac? it's a very strong Russell Wilson esque look, I must say. It is basically like turning up to preseason training in your own jersey, Manjot. Yeah. yeah. How many toilets do you have in your in your house, Manjot? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, there's two. There's two. <laughs> Don't worry, I have more. I have more wins than bathrooms in my house because I don't oh, okay. have as many as Russ. Trust me. Okay. Only the two. I mean, in the end, if he has Ciara there, he wins anyway. So it's all good. Hey, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were we were not bad for Broncos talk anymore. Just to double check. No, we're not bad for Broncos talk. It's a new season, new year. They've got a they've got a real head coach that who is taking Russell Wilson to account and telling him he, he is at the center of the Broncos universe, uh, and he needs to actually perform before he's allowed to call himself the Bron the center of the Broncos universe. I think someone reminded him that Peyton still exists. That's that may be what happened at the Broncos. So. Yeah. No, Manning or Sean Payton? <laughs> well, both, to be honest. Yeah. There is a man named Payton in the building and a man named Payton looming over him. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, someone had to remind Russell Wilson the name of Payton. That's basically all that is. So, no, Broncos talk is not banned. We can't ban it, mate. We've got to do season previews. So, at some point, we have to talk about the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos right. will, I, I will just be. Got a dog check. The Broncos. Yeah, I was say the Broncos will be in one of my crazy predictions. So. Excellent, excellent. Just, just and of course, we are. This week is our QB draft. Let's see. I don't know. One of us might pick Russell Wilson. You never know, because of course, it is based on who, how well you do in twenty twenty three. Your PFF grade. Who knows? Russell Wilson could be electric. I'm already throwing out a crazy prediction. Russell Wilson could be electric <laughs> under Sean Payton. You don't know. Anyway. On that, we're going to start with the draft this week, and then of course we will get to what Brad has has mentioned, our NFL crazy predictions at the end of the show, where we throw out a little bit of craziness, a little bit of fun, and we'll see if we can put a few a few stakes on the line in a few bets. So we'll see how we go. Right. But for now, we're going to jump right in to our fourth round of the 2023 best team draft. We're into the quarterbacks. Brad has the first pick in the draft for this week in our snake draft. Manjot will be second. I will be third. So, Brad, who is QB number one off the board? Well, this is probably the most 
unsuspenseful uh, for uh, pick ever. Um, but if, if if I told you if I told you guys that uh, he lost his best, arguably his best offensive player, and he still went on to lead the league in touchdown passes. I don't think it would be any surprise if I told you I'm taking the Patrick Mahomes the second. So yeah. he is my number one pick, I think, and everybody knows why. The man is a friggin' genius with the ball in his hand. And so Patrick Mahomes, number one. Not a surprise at all, Brad. I mean, why? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure why you would pick him. I mean, he is only possibly the best quarterback to... Well, not just the best one at the moment, but possibly one of the best ones within the last decade as well. He's an absolute well, freak. And what's, and what's so impressive is he hasn't even shown any signs of slipping at all. Yes, um, yes, true. You know, so it so often, guys, when they've been at the top as long as he has, you can start to see a little, a little drop off, mm. but he just keeps going from strength to strength. So... Uh, it'll be it'll be fun. I expect the same thing to happen this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Manjot, the second pick in the quarterback draft for 2023. Who have we got, mate? It's a very, very tough call. It's between two quarterbacks, in my opinion, both in the AFC. I know whoever I don't take will go number three to Ian, of course. Now, this one's going to be very controversial to a lot of people because he has had a little bit of an off year last year. He did get injured. His UCL did get a little bit of a tear. I think it was a sprain. I'm pretty sure it was a sprain at the end. So, I'm, no, I'm not talking about Brock Purdy, okay? Before we start talking about <laughs> me taking a Niners player, it's not Brock Purdy. It's a guy with way more rushing upside than him. This is, I, I will say, controversial, but I'm going to take Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. Uh-huh. The reason why is because of his rushing upside. And that's why I'm picking over whoever Ian will pick at three or four. I know Ian's definitely not letting him slip to me at five. Well, mate, it's not a surprise to me that you're picking Josh Allen, especially after the discussion we had through the week where you decided that Josh Allen was was better than Joe Burrow. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that take. And you, were, you came to our group chat looking for allies because you, people were arguing you down in another group chat. And all you found was me telling you you're a fucking idiot. So um, <laughs> I'm not surprised you still took I think Josh Allen. Said, I think what you said specifically, Ian, is that I do not know how quarterback talent or anything, how to evaluate quarterbacks. You said I had no, no idea. No, I said you have. I said because of your 49ers takes and your absolute love for Trey Lance right now, that you have <laughs> zero idea how to evaluate quarterback talent. <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope wow! And Brad, Brad, am wrong. I wrong? Am I wrong, Brad? Well, no, no. <laughs> no and you're... the only thing that oh. I was I was sorely disappointed about, Manjot, was that Matty C is still overseas and not in the same time zone as us. Otherwise, I yeah. guarantee you, he would have been lighting you up as well. So <laughs> our group chat is boring without Maddie C, I'll be honest. It's literally just me sending you guys things and yeah. no one's like responding at this point. You know, I need Maddie back, you know, spice up the group chat. These yeah. guys are getting bored of me at this point. <laughs> For sure. All right, we'll move on to me at number three. So at number three, there is I mean, there are very little options at the top. This seems like our tight end draft a little bit. 
Although the, P, the PFF grades for, uh, for the 2021 PFF grades, uh, 2022, sorry, PFF grades for the QBs, they are all in a very, very small margin together. Uh, but I think you really have to look at their overall upsides uh, and what they can achieve with the weapons around them because that is that obviously does play a massive part. So with the number three pick in the 2023 quarterback draft, best team draft, I am going to pick Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah. Anyway. He should have been number two. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> agreed. Oh, uh, my goodness. Oh, I'm, agreed. Not, I'm not going to win this debate. Completely agreed. Debate. <laughs> look, but I think I think Burrow, like Mahomes, uh, and I look, I have to agree with Alan at some, to some extent as well. It is about the guys that they have around them, the weapons they have around mm. them, both yeah. uh, rushing and the receiving, um, and their own abilities to make up things on the fly. So... No surprise that those three are the top three in our draft. Now, we do snake to me at number four. So with the fourth pick, I am going to go to the NFC, and I think it should mm-hmm. be pretty obvious. Yeah. I am going to go with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be an obvious draft. I guess we do We do still have to talk about these guys. I think Hurts had... We all, we all know Hertz had a massive season last year in 2022. He had a huge upside. It is going to be hard for him to replicate that kind of jump again, and especially with losing Shane Steichen as his offensive coordinator. There's a little bit of change that is coming Hertz's way. But I think the kid has learnt enough over the past couple of seasons to figure that part out for himself. Philly are still surrounding him with amazing weapons, especially an amazing offensive line, which is a huge part of his game and the Philadelphia game. I don't expect him to make as big a jump as he did from 2021 to 2022, but I still think he can be right up there. And I think Philly right right in the mix for another deep, deep playoff berth, if not the Super Bowl again, if no one else in the NFC can really pick up their socks and challenge them. So, All right, we move on to Brad with... Pick number five. Uh, no, sorry, Manjot. With pick number five in the draft, I almost skipped you, Manjot, and that wasn't yeah. deliberate. That definitely wasn't <laughs> deliberate, mate. Uh, uh, he didn't want to know who I wanted to put in our top five because you said it's a very obvious draft. I think number five is where it starts to get a little bit murky. I think, and he, there and is... I, don't, I wouldn't call it murky. I think you can take a. I think this is where we can start taking a bit of a flyer on any of them. Um, any yeah. of the guys, and I think you are really looking at that. How are they going to do? What kind of grade are they going to score to be able to score more points? Yeah, I agree with you. Five down is probably the point. So who we got, mate? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Again, another controversial call for me. I will put that on the spot. I know I have control of whoever's in our top five right now. So I'm going to put the case for this guy. He said he would throw for 6,000 yards this year because of his, because oh. of his new receivers. Yeah, OBJ <laughs> is on the way. Zay is on the way. Oh, I'm, of course, geez. talking about my boy Lamar Jackson. And here's why he could put the team on his back. 
Last year, there were some games where he had like 80% of the entire Ravens offensive production. I think this year he can put up similar numbers. He is that Ravens entire offense, which can lead him to get some injuries. I know I might be down a quarterback like my 49ers. I know my best team might be down a quarterback, but I will take it. I'll take the risk because I know at his best, Lamar Jackson may be up there in the top two or three NFL quarterbacks. And I, I'm I'm willing to put my neck on the line saying that. But Lamar Jackson, his talent, we, I've talked about many times with Good A Gridiron. This guy, I think his talent shines so much. And I really want him to succeed this year. So I'm going to take him at number five. So that's going to leave up some big decisions for Brad coming up. Oh. Uh, I made, yeah. again, I, that's... An obvious pick for you, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody that knows Manjot knew that somewhere in this three-pick draft, he would have to pick Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Ian and I both knew it was going to be at this pick, I think. Yeah, I actually didn't know whether you were going to pick it at two or three, to be honest. You could have picked it at three, because I can almost guarantee that neither Brad or I were going to pick him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was Brad, yeah, it's Brad back-to-back coming so, up. So I was thinking, yeah, Brad would definitely take him with one of those two oh, picks. no way. <laughs> All right, Brad, the sixth pick in our 2023 QB draft. All right. Who are we yeah. got with number six? So, this, yeah, you're right. In terms of, the, I think the, the field is a little bit wide open. You've got this kind of this next tier. But I really am high on this guy. I've been high on him since he's come out into the league and he's got he had a massive rookie year last year he didn't quite take the jump that people wanted him to but he got him to the playoffs and they decided to switch offensive coordinators so you got it i am going with my man justin herbert i really think that he's gonna have a they got rid of joe lombardi replaced him with kellen moore so i he's got the the one of the strongest arms and he's so accurate on the deep ball. I really think you're going to see Kellen Moore utilize him. Um, and we all know as a Cowboy fan, I know how much Kellen loves to pass. So I think you're going to see Justin Herbert really take that next step up. Um, and they're going to put up some just ungodly numbers this season. I'm going to go right into my next pick. This one is a little bit of a controversy. Or, or, it's a, you guys know me in, the, in this whole process. I've been a little bit boomer bust with this. Um, so I am, again, kind of sticking with that boomer bust feel. This is a guy who I think is going to take that next step, just how Jalen Hurts did uh, last season. I think he's going to be this year's Jalen Hurts. And... He ran the ball 178 yards one game. He ran at 147 yards another game against the Lions. Ooh. You know it. I, I, if, if you follow football, you know who I'm talking about. The beast, Justin Fields. So Ooh. he went from having the, arguably the worst uh, wide receiver core to actually – a moderately okay one they've really invested a lot in the offensive line and so that's going to improve their defense is going to be uh hopefully uh a little bit better so um i'm just i think he's really going to progress this season and you're going to see some amazing things i would not be surprised if you see uh justin fields you know 
get over 35 touchdowns uh, in the air or on the ground. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. That's a big one. That is a big yeah. pick. That's a big pick. Uh, I don't think it's as controversial. I, I agree with everything you've said. They are they have improved a lot, the, the mm. Bears, and they are looking like hopefully being a little bit more of a force in the NFC North as well. So, yeah. Yeah, but Justin Fields is definitely the guy there, definitely the guy, and a, and a big one. All right, Manjot, we are very quickly up to pick number eight in the QB wow. draft. Yeah, this is flown. It is flown off the board. It has flown. Now, I, expect, I expected it to fly, to be honest, but go for it, mate. Who have you got? Yeah, now some people may be expecting me to take some ayahuasca. At this point, see, I, I know how to pronounce it now. You some figured people, out how to pronounce it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, some people may want me to be taking the ayahuasca right now, but I'm not going that path. I'm not going the Aaron Rodgers path. I'm just going to spoil it for you guys there. I'm going to go to a guy who took that leap that Brad just talked about last year. He really came into his own. He took a franchise that really has been absolutely garbage since 2017's big season that they had. He took them to the playoffs, won a playoff game from 27-0 down, and now he gains Calvin Ridley on his offense to go along with Christian Kirk, a franchise tag, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. I'm, of course, talking about Maddie C., your boy, Trevor Lawrence. Uh-huh. I know Matty C will be loving this one because Trevor Lawrence, I believe he will take another leap this year, especially with Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley on the same offense for the first time ever. That's two elite passing targets I can see there. That's probably two guys you could maybe put in the top 20 wide receivers in the NFL if if they go to their p- potential this year. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for Trevor. He's going to be another guy that takes another leap this year. I think it's a great pick, Manja. I um, my heart wanted to take Trevor Lawrence, or or sorry, my head wanted to take Trevor Lawrence, but my heart took Justin Fields. So I totally get your pick. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, I was expecting you to take Trevor and then leave me for a couple of tough decisions. To be honest, Brad. But, you know, I, I do love the Justin Fields confidence, though. He's one of my favorite QBs out there, too. Awesome. Righto. Well, you've both left me with a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, we left you with the questions. <laughs> there is a few that I could pick from. There is a couple that I'm definitely scared of. Kirk Cousins, come on. Take I'm not, I am not going into uh, into the into a dark room either, Manjot. <laughs> And you'll find out what, later why when I come up with some crazy predictions. I would love to pick Tua here, but we just uh, hopefully for Tua's sake, the uh, the all the jujitsu training he's been undertaking is going to teach him how to take a take a sack and how to hit the ground without being concussed. Um, but we can't guarantee that. If the, the kid would be, he'd be an awesome take here because he has a he has the potential of, I think having the biggest the biggest uptake out of any of the QBs. So I am picking between two NFC QBs right now. One of them, are, I'm going to go to safe bet, I think. I'm going to go to safe bet. I'm going to go with the guy who has had no less than a 77.7 grade in every season that he has played at Minnesota, and it is Kirk Cousins. 
<laughs> you are taking him. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I honestly thought when you said NFC quarterback, I honestly thought the words Dak Prescott would come no, out of your mouth. My, the, so word Dak, the words Dak Prescott would never come out of my mouth because he is more he is more up and down than Tua Tungavailoa. So, um, no, look, I mean, Cousins in, in, cousins in terms of a, a stats darling and someone who, who achieves bang-on similar stats every single season, like he's had, he's had no less than 23 touchdowns for every season he's played. That includes all of his Washington seasons as a starter, that is. You know, and then every single year that he's played with the Vikings, no less than 77, a, a grade of 77.7, which is... Amazing, considering Mahomes is 90.1. So he's so close to that. Always top tier. Always within the top 10. He's a pretty safe bet here, I think, over some of the others. And just to let you in, the other one that I was thinking, the other NFC one I was thinking of, Manjo, was Gino. Wow, okay. So, yeah. It's because of what's left. I mean, there's a lot of guys still sitting out there, obviously. I don't want to pick Rodgers. I don't know what Rodgers is going to be at the Jets. There's no definite. Mm. If Rodgers was still at Green Bay probably would have taken taken Rogers rather than Cousins, to be honest, because they're about similar grades. But he's not. Mm. No, no one's got any idea what's going on with the 49ers, not even Manjot uh, or any of the 49ers faithful. <laughs> so you can't pick you can't pick Purdy or Trey or even Sam Darnold. Because who's starting? Yeah. There's there's others here. I don't know. You can't really... You just don't know. Uh, like I said, I there's, mean, there's, Dino, there's Daniel, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. What's Kenny Pickett going to be? I know you said Dak Prescott. Come on, Brad. You've got to agree that, that Dak is really up and down. You don't know what he's going to do. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. You don't know is. what Mike. You don't know what Mike McCarthy's going to do. Yeah, I, I think he's going to. I think he's going to. Uh, his inter- interceptions will regress. Uh, so I think he'll, he'll have uh, statistically a better season in terms of the interceptions. But yeah, you're right. It it is a little bit up and down. But that, you know, it's this is where we're in that tier where everything's kind of wide open. Yeah. Um, and that's why you know. there was a few there to choose from, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like we talked about last week um, with the Browns. I would I probably, even though I have, mm. I have a hate for him, um, yes. in terms of yes. being able to, for this, for this concept and this game, I might have picked yeah. Deshaun Watson if we knew what he was, he was going to be. But yeah. last year, he finished with a 55.3 grade. Yeah, from, from half a season, where other other QBs that basically only had half a season, Trevor Lawrence, for instance, Trevor Lawrence achieved much more than that, and you can argue that even though Trevor Lawrence was there for the entire season, it took about half a season to get the the absolute stink um, of <laughs> Urban Meyer off him. So yeah, it, he pretty much only had half a season, and he achieved a seventy eight. Yeah. yeah, which is why I said he could take another leap on top of the small leap he took. It took him a while, definitely yeah. for Trevor. And if Brad took Trevor, by the way, if Brad did take Trevor, I was going to take Tua, to be honest, because okay. it, I know there's the injury concerns around him, but A, I did take Lamar Jackson despite injury concerns, which might have made my team super risky at that point. And B, the supporting cast around Tua, I think really... His game can still be elevated by the guys like Tyreek Hill, Jamin Waddle, Raheem Mostert. So I thought, I thought, yeah, I would take Tua if if Trevor was off the board. But 
So that's a bit of my draft strategy I want to want to spill into as well. So yeah, there's a few interesting quarterbacks. I think once we get into these crazy predictions, Ian, we're going to be talking about a few more of them. Uh, yeah, we sure will be. Although before we get there, I do have a, an interesting question to you. I, I'm just throwing it out now. I probably should have thrown it up earlier so you can have a look a bit through a list. If I was going to ask one of you guys to pick one and one only backup quarterbacks, backup for any of the teams this season. Now, Manjot, we have to exclude the 49ers because we don't know who's oh, backup and who's started. Come on. No, you have to. because yeah, okay. It's fair. That's it fair. Is fair. We have to just because we don't know at all. But the rest of them listed QBs. Who would you pick as a QB2, the best QB2, the one that you would pick? So, Brad, Wait, Who's at, currently a backup right now? Yes, currently a backup right now. Oh, well, can I? I'd probably say I don't know if he's classified technically as a backup, but uh, Gardner. Um, I think is is he the starter or is he a backup? Gardner is listed as uh, as the backup right now. Yeah, so I'd take I he'd be my number one backup. Mm. I, I'm trying to I'm trying just off the top of my head. I'm. Yeah, it's hard. I, I know, think... and I was I throwing it out there. <laughs> no, it's a great question. It's a great question. Um, but I think you know Gardner's shown that he can win, um, and especially when he gets on a hot streak. Um, the the dude is is legit. Yep. Um. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. Manjo, yeah, any that's... idea? Oh, it's an interesting one. So, a couple of names I'll, I'll throw out there. Yeah, just to help Brad. Yeah, I'll, I'll help. I'll throw out some names that I might consider in this conversation. So, Andy Dalton down at the Panthers. You have yep. Jacoby Brissett, the Commanders. You have maybe like a Taylor Heineke at the Falcons or Gardner, as you said, at the Colts. There's others like Jameis is out there. He's still at the Saints as a backup, which I don't know. Is he third string at this point? I'm not sure. Of course, Brad, your Cowboys. Cooper Rush had a few good games last year. There's, yeah. some, there's some real interesting ones. Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl, actually, as a backup quarterback and like the fourth alternate or something last year. So there's a few names in consideration for you if you're still thinking of some ideas. For me, out of out of the sort of list that I just pulled out there, and I, I pretty much just got it from a few websites that I'm just doing a few bits of research on, to be <laughs> honest, because Ian did throw us out there. I think I'd go lean a bit towards Taylor Heineke because <clears throat> I, I, I think out of the guys I've listed, I mean, Gardner may not count as a backup first off, so I'm probably going to steer away from Gardner Minshew because he might start the season for the Colts, but if you've got a guy like Heineke, who can provide a little bit of X factor, I think, to that Falcons offense, especially if Ritter is going to struggle as starter, I think if you got a guy like Heineke, you can play a little bit safer. Use Kyle Pitts more. Use guys like, uh, I guess Drake London, B. John Robinson a bit more. I think Taylor Heineke could surprise a few people if he's coming in for some mop up duty throughout the year, and I think. That's what I'm going to lean on is that he can really lean into that supporting cast at the Falcons. I'm not sure he's good enough to be a starter, but as a backup, I wouldn't mind having a guy like Taylor Heineke out there. I actually don't think, uh, and this is a, there's a, he's a t- he's one take, but it's not going to be a big one. I don't think Ritter mm. starts. I don't think Ritter starts after, I think he goes through preseason. 
and I don't think I think Heineke will start. Really? Yeah. Really? And I think it'll be similar to to Minshew. Yeah, I think I think uh, Anthony Richardson will probably end up a bit more redshirted, and Minshew will probably start there because they've got a safety net. You know, so mm-hmm. they've got time and they've got a safety net. My pick would actually be would be Mike White at the Dolphins. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Because we know Tua's going to start for sure, and Tua's going to be there to start the year. He'll probably play at least half the year, hopefully all of. I think we all hope he plays the entire year. But yeah. Mike White is a spectacular pickup for the Dolphins. Yeah, he is. Because he plays in such a way like Tua does that they won't have to change much of the offense. And if he has to come in for a game or an extended period of time, I think the Dolphins have set themselves up to to not be basket case when their QB1 goes down, like, like what happened last season. So that yeah. would be my pick. So yeah, I think it's a great it's a you, you, it's a great question. I think you know. I wish uh, I wish I'd thought of it earlier so I could give you guys a list and then a bit more time to think about it. But no, that's all right. I, I think Manjop mentioned one name there that really kind of stood out to me. Though I think in hindsight, I wish I would have mentioned him. Was is Andy Dalton? I, I would probably say Dalton's probably your best, just because I mean he's got so much experience. Um, he's won a playoff game, uh, and he's just got that. He, he's he's just got good poise. He's not the greatest. Um, I mean, those those Cincinnati teams when he had the success, they were unbelievable. They should have done better. I think you know. I, I really think they they succeeded in spite of Andy Dalton. But he but he's but for a backup, he's a great backup. Mm. So I I'd probably say um, Dalton with the Panthers. Absolutely. Good one. Good one, good one. All right, let's just take a uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back with some NFL crazy predictions. All right, we're back. We're going into a bit of a fun segment that we came up with on the fly. I know a lot of other people do something similar to this, and I do find it quite fun to listen to, so I thought it would be a great exercise for us. So for us, we are titling this NFL Crazy Predictions slash Gimme That Steak. So essentially what we're going to do, throw out some predictions each, some crazy NFL predictions for the 2023 season. And if we want to challenge somebody on their take, if we don't like it, we can make a bit of a bet for a steak. And maybe we get some food out of it. Maybe we fill our bellies. Uh, and we'll just see how we go. So... Brad says he's going to start us off with this one. He's got a he's got a quick one. Yeah, well, so this this my prediction is based on kind of a, a significant rebound from this team. Last year they severely underperformed, mm-hmm. and uh, they so much so that their head coach got fired. They brought in a new head coach. I love him, um, and I really think he's going to do wonders for this team. So my prediction, my crazy prediction, is around the Broncos. And specifically, mm-hmm. I'm saying the Broncos are going to go 5-0 and to start the season, and Sean Payton will go on to be coach of the year next year. So, and, and the reason that, I'm is saying... That, is that two separate predictions? Lord, are you, you going to couple those together? Oh, well... Uh, I mean, you can. You you can. One hundred percent. That is the multi. (laughs) I'm so confident. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put them together. But uh, uh, you know, if you look at the the reason why I'm saying this is 
you look at their schedule, they're they're opening up uh, with Vegas at home. Then they've got Washington at home. And so I'll, I'll just give you the first five. Vegas at home, Washington at home, at Miami, at Chicago, and then home versus the Jets. That's your first five games. And my whole thought process around this is three of those are at home. But Sean Payton is a master for detail. He's had the year off. He's going to come in with some new wrinkles. We know Russ in the right system can produce. The problem was Russ is not an offensive coordinator as much as he wants to think he is. He's not. He's And Peyton will, he'll, before the wheels, uh, before uh, Russ gets too upset with, with Sean, then I think he's going to produce, especially in those in those first games. And other teams are not going to have film on them. Once they get film, then they'll have to adapt, and it'll be a little bit harder. But I really think in those first five games, they're going to come out strong, and you're going to see um, them. You know, I it's again, it's crazy prediction. I could realistically, I think a four and one is realistic. Uh, five and zero oh would be amazing. But I really think you're going to see them go five and zero, oh, and there, I would not be surprised if the Broncos make the playoffs and Sean Payton is coach of the year. Mm. Wow, man, John, any thoughts for Brad? Oh, what do you reckon about? I that? mean, yeah, opening up, looking at the first five games here, start with the Raiders. I can see them win that one. Play against the Commanders. I can see them win there. I know the one game you're thinking of a test here is the Dolphins one, isn't it, Brad? The one that yeah. could be the loss. I, I, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, so the Dolphins in week three. I mean, the Bears in week four, they can win. And week five against the Jets, that one's pretty even in my opinion. So there's a there's a chance they could be 5-0, and 4-1, or 3-2. and two. So it really just depends on how, what Russ comes up with. Like, which version of Russ do we actually get? Which version is going to come out and play in this in this season and for me i'm not entirely sure if i can trust russ at this moment to really confidently say that they will start five and oh which is why i do like take here brad i do like the boldness but i think where where i'm coming from there's is, no butts man russ... John. there's no butts don't give me your butts <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry look so what are you doing, uh, Major? Yeah. Are you saying are you saying no way? I'm disagreeing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say they. So you're gonna take they him take up. A, you're gonna take yeah, him up on that stake. I'll, I'll take him up. I'll take him up. I'll put a stake one. on. You'll pay a stake on the line, right? Yeah, I, I think right. you know the, the probably. I think I'm gonna say they're gonna lose to the Dolphins and maybe lose to the Jets. That one's a 50-50. So yeah, so four and one or three and two for the Broncos, but they will start good. Mate, uh, Brad, I'm going to take you up on that too. There's no way they start five and zero. I know that it looks like pretty easy, but I think it'll take him. It'll take him a few games to uh, to get for for Russ to really get the rhythm of Sean Payton's offense. Um, yeah, and I don't think, and I think that Payton will be evaluating him hard, seeing whether he's got no he's got no allegiances to to Russell Wilson either. Sean Payton doesn't. It's not his pick. He wasn't. No. Tied, he's not tied to that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's no reason well, for him to do that, apart from the fact that he would be costing the Broncos a lot of money if they were to dump him in any way. But I guess they can keep him and keep him as a backup. 
just force him to sit on a bench. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he if they put him in a backup, he'll he'll throw a temper tantrum. I love Russ, but he'll throw a temper tantrum, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away. But um, I all I gotta say is my belly is gonna be full from eating both your guys' steaks. So thank <laughs> oh. you very much. That's a lot of confidence. I love your confidence sometimes. Uh, all right, I'll throw I'll throw one out to you. Yeah, up next, uh, and it it revolves around the Packers. Well, I think that. Jordan Love and the Packers will actually have a sensational season. I think he's the way oh. his his um the way his team is has come out supporting him uh, without being asked as well in the media. They're just popping up behind him and saying that he's he's the best. He's he's a great great person, great teammate, a great quarterback. I think he's already set up for success. I think he's learned a lot from Rogers. But I also think that the team will be a lot different, and Jordan Love will be doing a lot of what he's what he's told to do in that offense, and it will work really, really well. And I actually, my prediction is that the Packers will make the playoffs in Jordan Love's first year. Whoa! Ooh. Okay, uh, yeah, that's interesting. All right. Okay. Um. How many, can I ask, can I put you on the spot? How many wins do they need to make the playoffs, do you think? I would be I would be close to 500, so I reckon maybe 9 and 8. Okay, you think you can get there with 9 and 8? Yeah. I reckon yeah. If, I was to go, FC, yeah. if I was to go under under over for the Packers season, I reckon 9 would be the line, 9.5 would be the line. But I reckon about mid 9 and 8. I mean, it's the NFC. It's pretty wide open, and there's uh, there's not as many strong teams as there are in the AFC. So honestly, if Jordan Love does have a solid season, which I think there are signs that Jordan Love will have a solid season, I can see the Packers make the playoffs. And honestly, I think that locker room is really behind him too. Like I, I was watching, I was reading something today. I think someone was like, "Oh yeah." Jordan Love, when he came in against Philly, the Packers players really rallied around him. And honestly, that is quite true. I did I did notice that. They did stop playing better when Jordan Love did come in that Philly game. So I really think with Jordan Love, honestly, I, I can see it happening. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards your side than not. I think with how wide open that conference is, even the division, the NFC North, we don't know who's going to win, so yeah, it's as wide open as ever out there. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to take that stake. So I'm not buying it. Um, I, I really think that uh, the Lions are the team to beat. Uh, I know they're everybody's darling, so people are trying to be con- contrarian with them. But I really think uh, the Lions are going to come out of of that division. Um, inter- interesting enough. Uh, you talk about Jordan Love. Do you know that he actually has better MVP odds than Cousins and Goff? So to, really, to win, yeah, I, that really surprised me uh, when I saw that. Is it Jordan? And he's got the same odds as Russ Wilson and Trey Lance. I'm not to su- win the MVP. I'm not surprised he's got better odds than 
Kirk Cousins because the entirety, it always feels like the entirety of the NFL, apart from Vikings fans, and, and then even then, the majority of them, are all down on Cousins constantly. Yeah, yeah, they are. For, for no reason, for no logical reason at all. No, he just he just puts up numbers. That's yeah. all he does. I know. Actually, yeah. There's a few things that, about Cousins that that people's takes on on him not playing well under lights and that kind of shit, which really annoy the crap out of me. Because <laughs> logically, the Vikings rarely ever were getting sort of those Sunday night football or Monday night football games. So they play very little of them to start with, and whenever they did play them, it was against strong opposition. So the the likelihood of him him coming out as a loser in those games is much, much higher anyway. So it's, um, it's always annoying, things like that annoy. So I'm not surprised that, that Jordan Love is higher in those those rankings. It is, yeah. it is odd. And I will say, uh, I, to your credit, even though I'm still taking the stake, to your credit... Um, the Packers have the highest odds to make the playoffs of any non-playoff team last year, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, right so all, all the teams that didn't make the playoffs, the Packers have the highest odds to make it. So Brad's, right. Brad's taking me up on that? I am, I so am, you're I saying am. the Packers aren't going to make the playoffs, basically. I, you're correct. I, I still think uh, maybe it's just because of my utter dishatred or my hatred, rather, not just hatred. Wow, English. Uh, my utter hatred for uh, the Packers. It's clouding my judgment a little bit. But um, I, I wish nothing but ill will upon them. <laughs> don't, don't we all? Don't we all just hate the Packers at this point? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I, surprisingly, I don't, even as a Vikings fan. Wow. Uh, I don't hate them. Um, there's other teams. There's that. other. There's other teams that I that I dislike way more than the Packers. So. Yeah, like the 49ers. Absolutely. Uh, they are down there. <laughs> oh, oh, come no, on. No, they're not really, mate. I used to. <laughs> I used to be someone when, when I didn't know anything about the NFL and I and I didn't have better judgment. I was a bit more of a 49ers fan. Oh, uh, but then I mm. then I started using the logical side of my brain. There you go. Yeah, and I. St- <laughs> And I understood that they weren't. Manjot, have you got have you got a crazy prediction for us? Yes, yes, I do. Now, bit of assistance of one of my followers here, Hoops with Braden. He asked me, "Do you think Jay Jetters can have the greatest season from a wide receiver and get over two thousand receiving yards Wait, this, is this season? Is this your prediction, or was it something yeah. you just happened to agree with the question? With it? Look, I, I agree. I agree with the question. I, I think Justin Jefferson will have over 2,000 receiving yards this year. And I know it sounds crazy, but I'm actually going to double that. I'm going to say two receivers will have 2,000 receiving yards. The other one... So just two receivers in the NFL, or you you got to specify? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson will both have over 2,000 receiving yards, becoming the first two players in NFL history to get 2,000 receiving yards in a season. I think both of them, especially Tyreek, if he has a full season of tour, he can do it. Justin Jefferson with Jordan Addison being there, having a little bit less attention, but he'll still have more attention, of course, than Addison will get from the defense. I still think Justin Jefferson will be up there in receiving yards. I think both of them have a strong case to make it. Other guys I could see do it, maybe Devontae Adams at the Raiders, but Jimmy G might handcuff 
handicap that a little bit. I'm I'm not entirely sure about other guys like Jamar Chase, who has a lot of receivers around him. But I think out of the entire NFL, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, both of them getting 2,000 receiving yards this season. That's pretty big, considering Jefferson had 1809 in 2022, and, and Hill had 1710. So it's a big call to get another 300 yards. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm uh I'm gonna you're gonna owe me a steak on that one. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not buying it. Brett's uh, confidence is amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I, I just think I think the fact that he, you, you name the statistic, whatever it could be, it is. If it's never happened in the NFL, I just the odds in it happening twice by two different people. And I know that the NFL wants, you know, uh, as much scoring and, and, and air, air yards as possible. But I just, don't, I just don't see it happening. I'm just playing the statistical odds here. Yeah, well, I'm tending to agree. I'm tending to agree with that, that take. The, I mean, the single season, single season receiving record is 1964. So 1,964, and that was Calvin Johnson in 2012. So it really has, it really has never been achieved. And even with an extra game now, Jefferson still only got to 1,800. And then that was with, you know, um, that was with what him just being Megatron just being force fed the ball at an unbelievable rate. Yeah, uh, by Stafford. So yeah. I just, I just don't see it, see it happening. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Manjot up on that too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. take you up on that stake, Manjot. I'm gonna to have yeah, to. Right. I just don't. Even though, even though Jefferson is, uh, is is my boy there, as you would say. Brad, have you got another one for us? I do. I do. So uh, on this one, um, you're gonna to have to se- separate the person from the player. Um, I, okay, the person uh, from the player. Uh, yeah. Oh, the no. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm not a big fan of him as a person. Well, let me okay. Put that. But uh, yeah, I think some people would. My my bold prediction is that Deshaun Watson is going to finish in the top three in MVP vote, voting. Top, I think ooh. he. Yeah, top ooh. top three. So um, I think he's going to have a rebound year uh, in. And I think that you're going to see him be able to do it. Obviously, he was rusty. He only played half a season last year. But he's coming back. He's got a full season. I think you're going to see him. He's got something to prove. And he's going to do it with his legs and through the air. And I really think you're going to see a a rejuvenated on the field, um, Deshaun Watson. So that's he's going to finish in the top three MVP. The one thing I could see... Is you know like statistically if he gets there, but if people just absolutely refuse to vote for him because of his off the field activities, mm-hmm. but but that's 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 my hot take. That's your hot take. Honest, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm taking him off on it straight away. Uh, and I I think some of this I will be honest does come down to my hatred of Deshaun Watson the person, especially mm-hmm. after all the allegations and everything. But I think MVP is such a narrative-driven 
award at this point. Obviously, it's yeah. pretty much a quarterback award at this point, so I can see why you choose a quarterback. But I think with the narrative around Deshaun Watson, unless he's definitively one of the top three quarterbacks this year, I uh-huh. don't think he will be top three in MVP voting because I think the narrative around giving him votes and everything might prove to be a bit controversial. I mean, we only saw like a couple of years ago, Aaron Rodgers, he lost an MVP vote because some guy hated him for his like pinky toe or something. And then Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> like, bomb. like uh, th- there's, there's petty voters out there. I'm, I'm going to tell there you that. Are. And there yeah. Are. And especially if Aaron, I mean, Aaron Rodgers being controversial, but the Sean Watson, he's a whole novel level of controversial. I'm actually not entirely sure he can make top three. I'm sorry, Brad. So I'm going to take it up to you here. No. I'm going to put a stake on this one. I um, I actually going back to our QB our QB conversations. I I think the Browns didn't do a good enough job in securing a quality QB two. They went out and signed Josh Dobbs from Tennessee this season. But I think that they should have done a better job in finding a QB2. And it's probably because all their QB money is tied up in that Deshaun Watson contract anyway, yeah. even though they yeah. did pay it to him up front. But I think they should have done a better job at that because I don't know that Deshaun Watson is really going to play the entire season. I don't hold... Separating the, the person from the player, mm-hmm. as we just did, mm-hmm. I don't know how a guy who was out of the league, for completely out of the league for 18 months is going to be able to achieve the same highs that he did in 2019. 2019? Yeah, 2019. I just don't see that that's going to happen, even with the strength of the Browns team. But the strength of the Browns team is uh, is a rushing attack, not anything to do with passing. And I think to be able to achieve a top three in MVP voting as a quarterback, you need to be a very well-rounded player, but it's a passing league and you need to be able to pass the ball. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. So I'm going to take you up on that too, Brad. I, I love it. I'm going to enjoy that steak. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'll enjoy my pork steak while we're here. Yeah, some pork we're steak gonna... or chicken. Chicken steak. Yeah, yeah. Man, some chicken steaks. Some, oh, some I'm, slabs I'm hungry of, already. Some slabs of shiitake mushroom. <laughs> um, I'm hungry already, mate. Manjot mentioned that there was a few questions sending him through the week. And you can, uh, Manjot's going to throw out time to time on Pastry Press, on his at Pastry Press NFL uh, Instagram. A few, some, some, you can throw some questions at us. There's a few listeners that threw some questions. And I might, I'm thinking I might read one out. But one of them actually definitely, one hot take on here aligned with a hot take that I already had that I was going to definitely throw out. Something that I was thinking of when I semi-suggested this topic, and that is that my hot take here and my big crazy prediction is that the Jets will miss the playoffs despite the fact that they signed Rodgers and basically the rest of the NFL. I think the Jets will miss the playoffs, and I actually think that they won't miss it only just. I think that they'll miss it by a few games. I think the Jets will Jets. (laughs) Now, do you, is Honest. that because... Okay, so, yeah, so you just answered my question. Do you think it's going to be more the Jets fall apart than the strength of everybody else? I don't think... I, I don't always subscribe in, in, in football and in team sports to to the 
to the notion that you can go out and sign every successful or highly talented player ever and that you are going to achieve. I, mm. be- I believe that the strength of a team and the success of a team comes from how the team functions and how the team gels. And I think there's been proof in that putting over years and years in the NFL. Teams have achieved with a few key star players, but the remain- the rest of the team have functioned as one amazing unit, uh, both offensively and defensively, and they, they lived and they worked for each other. Uh, and I think that that's... That I don't think the Jets are, have that. I don't think just going out and signing a bunch of players. I think they've signed players to positions where they already had good, really good, capable, young talent that they're basically going to be overlooking for older stars that they've brought in. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly... It's more, I think the strength of the AFC is going to keep them out. Because if I'm looking through the entire AFC, I mean, you're obviously going to have a team in the North. You're obviously going to have a team in the South, team in the West, and then the AFC East. Firstly, I think Miami and Buffalo are definitely better than the Jets in the AFC East. That's right. Their own division is going to be hard enough to get out of. Yeah, Yeah. it's brutal. Yeah, I, I think the Bill I think the Bills and the Dolphins will fight it out for first place. The loser of that battle, second place. To be the honest Jets, well, to be honest, yeah. if um if the Pats pick up Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson pick up D Hop, then yeah. they're very likely gonna be taking it to the Jets as well anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can throw them up there. When you look across the board, AFC West, what, Chiefs, Chargers. You're mentioning Broncos here, Brad. That that oh. I think there's a potential rebound there as well. I, I didn't agree fully with the five and zero bit though. So there you go. Three three teams for the AFC West potentially. You have what in the AFC North? You can have the Ravens, Bengals. They're yeah. up there. There's the a lot. Browns. It's a it's, yeah, it's a hard the, division and it's AFC a hard North, it's, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars obviously are going to make it out of the AFC South according to everyone and their mom. So I think honestly. There, there's an amount of teams. What? That's like ten teams I listed. So the Jets, I, I don't think they're gonna make it in the playoffs over those ten teams I listed. To be honest, I'm, I'm definitely agreeing here with yep. you, Ian. Brad, uh, you know, very, I keep... you're very quiet over there. Well, I keep it because this is actually <laughs> a really tough one for me. Um, I, I, I think I'm gonna agree with you, Ian. Uh, I, I hate doing that. But I think I'm gonna oh. agree with you. Uh, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. So, um, and I I again my distaste for Aaron Rodgers is coming through. But <laughs> I I really don't want to see him succeed on another team. Uh, nothing yeah. against the Jets, but uh, I I wouldn't I would not bother me one bit. If Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to, I would never wish anybody to get hurt no matter what, but I would love for him to get benched. I would love for him to get benched. And and interestingly, see so many people in in the NFL universe, in NFL verse, uh, think that the Jets are not only going to make the playoffs, but are actually going to, as Super Bowl contenders, they're actually, they're strong, strong favorites to, um, or not favorites, they're very strongly rated uh, in the sports books to be, to make the playoffs this season. Okay. Okay. So it's, yeah, but I, don't, yeah. I just don't see it. Well. Try and get Rogers there. Um, yeah. Shout out to Power Football, by the way, for that take coming through from Pastry Press. Just wanted to give a quick shout out there. 
to the guys that are giving us the takes. Beautiful. Um, Major. Major, oh. you're up, mate. Back up to me. Oh, there's, there's a lot that I can think of and not think of right now. But I could see a potential Jacksonville Jaguars Super Bowl run. Miami Dolphins. Oh, Miami Dolphins. There's two. I'm going to put it up here. In the AFC Championship game, we are going to see a Jacksonville Jaguars versus Miami Dolphins. All Florida AFC Championship game. And that's huge because I know Patrick Mahomes exists. I know I'm going to be destroyed. I know I know this is probably going to not work out. I know Joe Burrow exists. It's not going to work out for me. But I'm going to go out on a limb this far out in offseason. I'm probably going to change this pick myself and forget about it in a month. But when I'm doing the actual final like predictions I'm doing. But look, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars all the Miami Dolphins, or both, will make the AFC Championship game. Uh, this, you need I, to specify which one that is, because they're all very I'm gonna different specify, things. I, I'm actually going to specify. I'm going to say Miami Dolphins going to make. Or the are you AFC just saying? Are you just trying to say one of them <laughs> is going to make it? Yeah, I'm, I, I shouldn't have said an all Florida one because that was too yeah, wild. Because you just said all I'm Florida, and holy, I'm I think Brad and I, quickly. Brad and I were going for two or three stakes at that point. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, okay, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to tone it down a bit. I know Ian is like, you got to go crazy with some of the predictions. I was, I was on the Ayahuasca, like my man. He's still got it wrong. He's still got it wrong. <laughs> Come on, Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca. There you go. Jesus, Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca, same thing. Tomato, yeah. tomato. There you go. Yeah. Right. So you're saying has... the Jags or yeah. Dolphins make it? Yeah, and yeah, I, I just think the way it's gonna work out, I think I think Dolphins win the AFC East, and then the Jaguars win the AFC South, and then eventually one of them just makes it in, either by beating the Bengals or they meet up in a divisional round game. So yeah, it's just you know a lot of crazy stuff gonna happen there, but I think I think both Tua and Trevor are gonna have good seasons, and I think. Those rosters are quite talented that they can go to that next step and make an AFC Championship game. So one of them's going to make it. Matty or Mark, be sure to be tuning in this season because one of your teams is making the AFC Championship game on me. I think you're on more than fucking ayahuasca trip. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm definitely taking I'm you on that. I'm probably in the dark room now. Brad, do you, wanna, dark. do you want to um, do you want to lock Manjot in the dark room too? Uh, I take my steak medium rare, Manjot. Thank you very much. All right. Um, All right. So. I pretty much knew Brad was going to... I didn't even have to ask that question, yeah. but I thought I might just for the <laughs> sake of a podcast. There we go. <laughs> Unreal. That was big. I did say crazy, uh, and yep. that was yeah, possibly certifiable, but good luck to Jazz and Dolphins <laughs> fans, to be honest. Yeah. I, I would love, I'd love to see... You. I'm sorry. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to see Trevor Lawrence have that kind of success, but uh, but I just don't see that. I don't think that's going to happen. No, not on this Jags team. Brad, have you got another one? I got I got one. I got one final more, uh, real quickly. I don't know how big of a one it is, uh, how crazy it is, but I'm saying uh, Bijan Robinson is going to be first team All Pro. So I I think he's going to come through. And be your uh, the 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 best back in the league, um, basically. So 
I think just the way he's going to be utilized by Atlanta and with a rookie, with, even though he's a rookie, you can come in a, at that running back position and you can dominate. And what he did behind that Texas offensive line and how shit they were, um, it's just it's going to be impressive, I think, this season, uh, how good he is going to be. So I'm saying first team all pro. How many, how many running backs get selected in first team? That's a great question. I'm just was... looking now. Oh, one. Yeah. I just looked. The official first oh. team for last year was one. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of the flex position nowadays. Yeah. So it's so kind yeah, of one. It's one running back and then three potential flex. Three wide receivers. Interesting. Ooh, that yeah. makes it, that makes a difficult decision then. Yeah. Is he going to be the that would he would have to be because Josh Jacobs obviously was the best running back in the league last year. Yep. So that would mean that Bijan Robinson would have to be the best running back in the league to be first team All Pro. So that's really the question. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That's really what he's saying. Yeah. yeah Honestly, I, I think, who else? I what, who? Gonna... I mean, the, the biggest question would be who else in running back terms would be able to beat him? Be be up there. I think uh, McCaffrey could give him a run for the money um, if he stays yeah. healthy. Yep. Yeah. He's got as problems. much as I hate to say it, he's, but... prob- he's got problems with health, so that's a big yeah. factor. Josh Jacobs again, I think. I think he might have another great year. Yeah, I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you're going to see Jonathan Taylor. I think he'll rebound. Um, personally, oh, we're just going to go straight for our running backs draft again from a few <laughs> weeks ago. We can find. You can list uh, the top five or six guys in the running backs draft <laughs> from a few weeks ago, and I think all of them could be in contention. To be honest, because you could have Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, you know, McCaffrey, as we said, Derek Henry may even be up there if he's carrying the Titans. For the sake of the exercise, Brad, I am yep. going to mm, take you on it for the sake of the uh-huh. exercise. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I might as well take him on it because it, it's, it's good. I, I think I can definitely see Brad winning. But then, you know, it's a one in maybe six chance, one in seven chance potentially. So, you know, the other five in six or six in seven, you know, I might go there. I know I'm getting nerdy here, but, you know, I might go to the more majority side. I might might have to take him on it. Yeah, yeah sorry, Brad. Right. But I, I do love B. John. I think B. John will have a good season. And All Pro is in his sights, I think. Righto. I'd take that. Righto. My turn. My turn. My turn. My turn. I got one more. I don't know how controversial it's going to be for you two. So, after leading his team to a 13-4 and four season with a whole bunch of one-score games, one-score wins, uh, I reckon Kirk Cousins will lead the Vikings to another NFC North Division title and, and to the NFC Championship game. And the reason I think that is because Kirk Cousins is now officially on the final year of his Minnesota Vikings deal. The Vikings don't currently have anything in the works set up for 2024 at quarterback. So they are going to have to make some decisions. And I think that Kirk Cousins will play possibly one of the best seasons he's ever had for the Minnesota Vikings. And create a situation where the Vikings will likely have to sign him to a one-year deal 
at one hell of a price tag just so that they can secure a QB for next season and then possibly draft one uh, and try and bring one up through the ranks and, and teach one. So I think Cousins will have uh, an amazing season and go to not just the, the North Division but top North Division title, but the NFC Championship game itself. Ooh, just for yeah. the game. I'm not game enough to say that we're going to win the NFC Championship. Um, right. My God, it'd be nice because I think uh, a lot of Vikings fans would absolutely puke if uh, we got to a Super Bowl at all, let alone <laughs> win one. Um, yeah. So well, that's a good one, have... Ian. I, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, you know, they've they've almost got as good a chance as anybody because it's a flipping NSC. <laughs> well, they do have to. I mean, admittedly, they do have to get over a couple of big hitters. Uh, from other divisions, so to be able to get to that game, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you got Philly, you got Dallas, you got San Francisco, um, you got the Lions, even though they're 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 unproven. Um, all you know, to, yeah, yeah. And as we saw last season, it only took fourteen wins to be able to get the number one seed in the NFC as well. So yeah. that does get you a fairly big leg up towards an NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, if they, uh, I'm just thinking their path there. Um, you know, if they if they can get one of the top two spots, uh, you know, at the regular season, then they could have a fair. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is. I think. I think I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to take that stake um, just because uh, I think I think it, the Eagles are still tough. I think Dallas and San Francisco are still tough. Um, so, and the Vikings just don't have the history of coming through when the when they should. Um, so, I'm going to take that bet. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm going to take that stake too because. I know, I know you say you wouldn't win the NFC Championship game, Ian, but if you guys did get there and you're facing either Philly, San Fran, or Dallas, I think the Vikings would lose, unfortunately, just because of history and just because I'm, I'm not fully sold on Kirk. But getting there is a hard path. You'd have to have... I, I think the best way the Vikings can get there is if Philly and San Fran played in Divisional Weekend. Yeah. So you'd probably need... Either a Philly or San Fran, either of them have to lose their division pretty much. So you could say, oh, 49ers don't have a quarterback. Oh, no one has repeated in the NFC West since two, uh, sorry, NFC East since 2004. No repeat champions. So there's potential there. So there is a road, I think, potentially for the Vikings where based on history, based on uncertainty with teams like San Fran, based on, say, Dallas not getting past the divisional round since 1995. There's all sort of things. Sorry, sorry, Brad. There's, I, I, did, I did roast my own team, too, for having no QBs. Um, you know, Philly, Philly, I think, may not repeat as division champions because of history. So all of these things working in the favor of the Vikings could actually get them there. So I'm not... I'm not confident in taking Ian on here because 
there could be some forces in play that can Whoa. get the Vikings. See, I, I'm actually, I'm actually gonna say, Ian, there's actually some forces there that can get you Are to you... the NFC Championship. So, so I'm not actually gonna take you on it. I'm, I'm oh, wow. actually leaving this on hold. Manjo, like, I not, thought, not... I thought for sure you would. I thought for sure you would. I, I'm gonna leave it on hold. Honestly, I, I probably would see a. Philadelphia 49ers rematch in the NFC Championship game as the likely outcome. But judging by the history and everything I just said, there's a lot of crazy shit that can happen. So the Vikings, I can see a path there, Ian. I can see a path. Not saying that you'll win in the NFC Championship game, but there's a path to get there. And and, and there's a tough road. I will say there's a tough road. You guys got to play the entire AFC West. There, there's That's a tough road. And that that could be two or three losses there. So fourteen and three might be harder than you think. You'd probably have to sweep your entire division to get there. But I think you're probably gonna have to you're probably gonna have to get some playoff lock on your side. And that's where the Vikings it's where there's been a struggle. But if the seedings all work out the right way, I think there's a chance again. That's what I'm saying. So I'm not <laughs> gonna take you up on it this time. Right it's on home. Right well, Manjot, have you got another one? Yeah, I've got another one staying in the NFC. And talking, speaking of that history I was talking about, Brad, I know I just roast your Cowboys, but I'm <laughs> going to say the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Yeah. Huge call. I know, I know a lot of Eagles fans are going to say I'm salty because we lost to them in the NFC Championship game, whatever. But no, I'm not salty. This is why I just mentioned just then. It's been a hell of a long time, since 2004. Since the Eagles won five NFC East titles in a row, it's been that long since the early 2000s where we've seen a repeat winner in the NFC East. That division can be mediocre at the same time. They can be great at the same time, trash at the same time. And I think mm-hmm. the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. This is this is huge, Brad. I know this is probably <laughs> blasphemous for me to say as a 49ers fan, supporting your Cowboys here, but I am on your side here. I love it, Manja, and I am glad that you have finally seen the light. So uh, <laughs> I, I am in full agreement with your take and uh, with your analysis. So I am not going to take the stake on this one. I am with you. Well, I am going to take the stake. Oh. I am definitely going to take a stake. I think the I, I think the Philly is is way too strong, and they're only getting stronger. And they will break that cycle of no repeat winners in the NFC East. So I'm just going to take that. I'm, it's an easy one for me. Easy one. Uh, that's that's fair. I'm, I don't believe I'm in going, the cow- I don't believe in the Cowboys at all. That's to be honest. Hey, I just don't. also can we just say. Can we just say, you know, steak, I just realized when I was thinking about it, right? So, you know, steak has a meaning, like the food, there's a steak where you, you know, you steak something like gamble, like we're talking about here. But then there's the steak, which is like the weapon as well. So And that's, and that's what it, I'm putting, I'm putting that steak through the heart of every Cowboys fan because they, oh. right? Like a vampire, they need to be exercised. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When I was thinking about you saying steak there, I was like, oh, yeah, there's that other meaning. I was I, visualizing you putting a steak through my prediction, right? I am there. Buffy so the I'm, Vampire Slayer putting a steak through the heart of all Cowboys fans. Beautiful. 
thank you, thank you for the 1995 reference, <laughs> Buffy <laughs> the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> so, a few quick ones, boys. A few quick ones, and these ones are from the listeners. So these ones are a few from yeah. the questions sent in to Manjot at Pastry Press NFL on Insta. So a few here, just quick ones for any of us. See if we want to take the listeners up on a stake. So we're just going to group everyone in as the listeners. I will, of course, give shout-outs to the people who sent these in. Joel C. has said that the Broncos wide receiver call will be top 10 this season. So I'm going to take that for our purposes as in, because you can, again, PFF is a wonderful resource. You can rank that uh, as PFF numbers. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Broncos' wide receiver call will be top 10 this season? Uh, I Thank you. I would say thanks for the question. Um, first of all, Manja, you got some good uh, people that are following you. Um, I think it's a really good question. I actually, though, am going to agree with it. Uh, I think the Broncos will be uh, a top 10 um, offensive wide receivers. So, uh, they got too much talent. I think Peyton's going to come in and he's going to tweak some things and they're going to have a tremendous growth. So I, I like this. I mean, we are talking sort of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, mm. uh, Tim Patrick, uh, KJ Hamler, um, Marquise Callaway, little Jordan yeah, Humphrey. Think... Let's not forget about little, little Jordan Humphrey. Hey. Uh, Major? Yeah, I think I'm potential as well, seeing some of the names you put up here. I mean, they're probably only going to take about five or six guys into the season. But based on potential, like a Jerry Judy, Colton Sutherland, KJ Hamlet sort of offense, I think that's a top 10 wide receiver core in itself. So I actually wouldn't mind agreeing with Joel here. I think Joel's got a point. So shout out to Joel for the question as well. Yeah, I've got to agree as well. Same thing. I think, and it comes down to that that Sean Payton influence, uh, as we talked about much earlier. Um, I think that's that'll the difference as a whole as a group um i think that's how that will be another question is around uh i guess the end of season awards this is from nick's zone source gardener wins defensive player of the year mm. oh that's a okay. juicy one i i i like this one i really like this one i'm a big source gardener fan i think he's great defensively i think the jets will be good even though i've said that they won't they're probably not going to make the playoffs at all. Defensively, the Jets will still be good and they'll continue to be good. They were good last year. Most of their additions this season have been around the offensive side. So I think that the defensive side will gain strength again. Of course, Source was the the rookie defensive player of the year last year, Manjot. Yeah, he yeah. was. Defensive so rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. Let me get that straight. So, and I think Defensive Player of the Year is well within the realms for Source Gardener. I'm happy to say yes to that. I'll agree with that. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like, looking at the last few winners since 2011, only one cornerback has won Defensive Player of the Year. That was Stefan Gilmore in 2019 with the Patriots. So, it, the history is against Source Gardener here. It's predominantly a defensive line award. Some linebackers win it who play edge rusher. But yeah, it's mainly an edge rusher sort of reward. So that's that's stacking against what Source Garden is going. Quarterbacks won't throw to him. He's such a lockdown cornerback that they won't throw to him. 
I'm not entirely 100% sure he'll win it, unfortunately. Right, so you're yeah. going to take, take listeners up on a stake? Uh, I think I'll take Nick Sohn up on that stake there. Yeah, I um, I think he is a candidate, um, but I, I don't think he's going to win simply because of one guy, and that is Micah Parsons. I think Micah Parsons is going to be your defensive player of the year. Um, and I think in the for the reasons Manjot explained, they'll just stay away from him. Uh, it's whereas when it's an it's on the line, you can't avoid that guy that plays on the line. But you can't avoid somebody in the secondary. You can just throw away from them. So um, I really think that yeah, it, it's you're going to see Parsons or Garrett or. TJ Watt or Bosa, one of these guys, you know, they're going to win it. Um, so I'm going to stay away from that. I'll, I'll uh, put a stake on that one. Righto. One more from the listeners. One more quick one. This is a great one. I love it. It is a bit of a, a bit of a crazy one, I guess, when because we're talking about a little, a small number of wins. The Browns have a bad year and finish with three wins and the number one draft pick. Oh, FXX, I think, sent that one in. So shout out to him. Yeah. Oh, that's a juicy one because, Brad, you're obviously going to disagree, right? Because you said Deshaun Watson was top three MVP candidate. Yeah, exactly. So I I think you're going to, I think Watson alone is going to get him close to 500. So um, I'm I'm definitely taking that stake. Yeah. Medjo, I'm going to take that stake too. I'm going to make this easy. I'll take that stake. Even though I don't think the Browns are going to be that bad, I don't think three wins. I think that's a it's a pretty hefty that's a pretty hefty tank to to go with three wins. Yeah. Especially when you've got the likes of the Falcons and the Cardinals out there. Cardinals especially who are likely to actually tank because their their QB one isn't going to be on the field for the majority, if not all, of the season. So uh, three wins yeah. is going to be is a tough is a real tough ask. Most teams can get three wins in a season. It's pretty rare that someone doesn't. Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my boy on too. Uh, I do talk to him quite a bit. Look, I'm I'm gonna take him on as well. Simply, I just think the Browns will win more than three games. You talk about the Cardinals, Falcons, Commanders, all these sort of teams maybe in contention for the number one pick. Who knows? I don't think the Browns will be. I think the Browns are going to get some respectable wins, six or seven wins at least for the Browns, to be honest, if we're looking on what their potential could be. So, honestly, I'm going to take it on. I thought we we all might take them up on that, but I thought that was an interesting one to throw out there. Yeah, Yeah, it was good. Great boys, that's a great bit of fun. I like that. Let's let's see how many more crazy predictions we can come up with as we go through the rest of this off season. Also, shout out to the listeners. Yeah, shout out yeah. to the listeners. Look out for that. Look out for Manjot putting up more stuff uh, every now and then, where you can ask some questions and give us your takes yeah. as well. I'll probably put it up every every Monday night. I'll probably put it up for the viewers just to put it. Put in anything. Just send us anything. Monday nights at 10 p.m. until Tuesday night at 10 p.m. That's when the story will be open every week. Awesome. Righto, that's a bit of fun. That's um, that's June. Done, boys. That's the, this oh. is, we are deep, deep, deep in the NFL offseason. 
But there is good news because it only goes up from here. We're coming. <laughs> we're only coming out of that darkness from here, boys. We've got July. We've got August, and then we are we are into NFL football season. Um, so that's June done, and that's our, the offensive side of our best team draft done and dusted. I think that's been a pretty good June, lads. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's I think it's been a, a great June. It's been a great exercise. Mm. So uh, I, I appreciate it and I'm glad for be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, across the board, I think across our network as well of Gridiron Shows in Australia, I think it's been a great month across the board for the network. I know Pastry Press has grown massively throughout June. Massive shout out to everyone who's followed and everyone who's been following for a long time. So, you know, we've, we've been innovating a lot. Our game's been improving a lot, Ian, and it's only just getting started. It is only just getting started. So as we go into July, our best team draft will continue we're going to go into the defensive and special teams sides. So we go on to next week where we'll be doing back to a four-round snake draft and we will be choosing our D linemen. Uh, so we'll be looking at the defensive trenches, all that fun stuff that happens around the D line. Uh, so we'll be choosing some guys there. So that's going to be an interesting one. We'll probably get to talk about some guys that very rarely get talked about uh, in the NFL spectrum, unless they're absolute superstars, which of course we will pick the absolute superstars anyway. And then of course we'll have some some other bits and pieces to talk about as we go through July, some more fun games and some other stuff that we think of to fill out our shows. If you do obviously have any suggestions, please hit us up on socials. We're at G'day Gridiron on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can catch me and Jot nearly every day of the off-season at Pastry Press NFL, posting the good stuff. And until next week, it's bye for now for us. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys.